Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And joining me from, I know you're in Florida. What city again in Florida are you in, Sally? I'm in the Tampa Bay area. Tampa Bay, Florida uh, is Sally Wagner. And Sally is an intentional life coach. Um, and she has several books. We're going to be speaking with her and talking with her about one of her books, which we'll talk about in a second. But I want to um, guide everybody to her website for those who are listening. It's intentionallifecoaching.net. There you can find out more about Sally. Um, You can also learn more about her High Frequency Mindset podcast and her courses and programs. So it's a really good website to just learn more about Sally and what she's doing. And it's a pleasure having you on the show, Sally. And thanks for taking the time. I'm going to let my listeners know a little bit about your background, because I think that's really important. Uh, She's a life consultant and alchemist, um, guiding people to identify and get rid of bad habits, (laughs) fears and phobias, and limiting beliefs, which we all could use. Um, She uses uh, EFT, which is Emotional Freedom Technique. Evolved NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, uh, and trauma-aware modalities so that you will launch into action and gain access to rapid, concrete results now. So she's helping people get results now by using these techniques um, that she implements. EFT and ENLP are energy psychology therapy approaches that let you get rapid results and you can make some real changes in your life. So what I would recommend is that you reach out to her. Just go to the website. You can contact her through there. We'll put a link to that. You can also find her on Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube. Uh, And you can listen to some of her uh, interviews she's had. She's been on Fox. She's been on CBS, NBC, CW, and ABC. And her podcast can be heard on all the major channels. Well, that is the introduction. Um, I think the the best part about this was this quick guide that you have up on Amazon that we'll put a link to called uh, Reboot Your Thinking with MSG. Um, and again, for all my listeners, we'll have a, a link to that. And you can get it as a Kindle book as well. Um, Sally, tell the listeners a little about yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. your background, your history, how you got where you are, and let them know a little more about the Reboot program um, and how it helps them uninstall apps and reinstall better apps. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So uh, high-level overview. Uh, When I was in college, I started as a physics major and ended up in theology. So it was kind of physics to metaphysics. And then I got distracted. I went to law school. I did all those things that we're supposed to do. Uh, and yet I still maintained the passion for the science and the, the spiritual aspects of everything. Uh, firm believer in T.R. de Chardin, uh, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And uh, so about 16 years ago, I suppose, I started working with people with EFT, emotional freedom techniques. And then I just continued to add skills onto that uh, ENLP, trauma-aware modalities, 
uh, and I began to really purposefully um, coach people as a life coach, as a life alchemist. And a couple of years ago, I developed the um, reboot program. It was just there in my head. You know, it's like, oh, I got to get this out. And you you mentioned apps, mind apps, uninstalling those. Uh, mind apps, I just updated the language for paradigms because hard to conceptualize what a paradigm is. And yet we all know what apps do on our phones and our devices, right? They slow things down. They drain the battery. They have competing purposes. And we have the same thing in our subconscious mind. Once we can identify those, we can take some steps to uninstall them and install the things that are going to move us in the direction that we consciously choose. So the reboot program is all about reclaiming conscious choice over our lives. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the subconscious. I think so many people uh, go throughout life not realizing how strong the subconscious is yeah. and, the, and the programming that it has. And the way to do to get to the subconscious, other than hypnosis, um, which is one great way to get to it, would be actually somebody coaching you like you and using right. these techniques and programs. Um, and once you reprogram it, it's so surprising some of the things that start to happen in your life. Now, you speak yeah. to our listeners, if you would, about living that. Uh, living the life that makes you come alive. And that's what you just said about yourself. I went to law school, I had physics, uh, none of that stuff was right for me. Uh, I didn't choose that path, but I, I did it anyway, because that's what the world said I wanted was supposed to be. Um, <clears throat> how do we work with these beliefs? And how do you guide people who are listening today towards loving what's next in their life when they probably don't know what's next. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and it goes back to that live the life that makes you come alive. And I would love to claim credit for that. It's not mine. It's from a quote from uh, Howard Thurman, who was a mentor to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And I think so many times you're right. We're living the life that's expected of us, the life that we were programmed to live. And that's really not what makes us come alive. So it, there's a whole series of steps that we can take. We can ask ourselves the right questions. We can do all kinds of things that will begin to open up our minds to the possibility of there's a life that I would love to live and here's how I'm going to do it. Well, the techniques you use are, are um, how do you want to call them? The interventions are good. You know, I know a lot of people today, you know, they'll go do ayahuasca because they want to get to those deep trauma places. Yeah. Uh, they'll go microdose um, psychedelics, LSD even, to, in, in small doses. And it's a big thing today. It's, it's, much, it's a big thing because there's a lot of hurt that they're trying to get to and they're trying to clear. Without going through those, Sally, meaning ayahuasca or microdosing, can you actually get to those places of hurt with people using your techniques 
and how effective are you at doing that? Yeah. Uh, the EFT, NLP, the trauma-aware approaches are incredibly effective at helping people to do those kinds of things. Because you're right, we all have trauma in one form or another. Uh, Russell Brand says we're all in recovery to recover the person we're intended to be. And it's our calling to do that. And so when we use those energy psychologies, we can get to that subconscious level. We can get to the the quantum timeline of our lives and really have concrete interventions. And when I work with somebody with these techniques, there is a visible change in them, how they present themselves, how they hold themselves, their faces look different. Uh It's, it's an amazing process that people can experience. How do you work You know, let's say they coach with you for a while, but then they stop. Mm -hmm. How do we, how do you ingrain this and put it into their DNA so that they can sustain it? Um, because I've seen so many people go, they get coaching and they stop yeah, and then they fall back into old belief patterns and things. Yeah. And it seems like a lifelong challenge. Um, is it something where in your estimation, they need to sustain the coaching or they need to sustain listening, reading, having an open mind, whatever it is that they need to do, um, what would you suggest? Because sustaining it seems to be the biggest issue. That's why we both have podcasts on personal growth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. You know, the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. And we all have those backsliding moments. We fall off the wagon, however you want to express it. And the daily practice is so important. That's how we really make change in our lives at the daily activity level. Right. Right. And and so I I have a fabulous practice that I can uh, coach people in so that they learn it from themselves And they're not dependent upon me or any other practitioner. Uh, People can learn to do EFT for themselves. Again, they're not dependent on me or any other practitioner. And so you just make it part of your daily regimen, just like you brush your teeth and you brush your hair and you shower and do all those things every day, right? Mental Mm -hmm. hygiene. Think of it as mental floss. We do those things every day. Interesting. Um, As you get to these places of emotional connection, uh, are you using any tapping techniques? Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was just curious. So in the book, in the section about MSG, you speak about simple steps to get somebody started to reboot their thinking and get the results that they want. If you would speak with the listeners about the MSG, what it stands for, how each of them can help our listeners discover, as you say, the life that they want to live and that makes them come alive. Yeah. So MSG uh, stands for mindset, skill set, get off your asset. And I think it really encapsulates a lot of very important principles. You know, it's not just cute and funny. There are some really important concepts there. Mindset, we all hear about mindset. There's a lot to mindset. It's not just thinking happy thoughts like Peter Pan, right? We can't just affirm ourselves into a fabulous life. It takes work. And so mindset has to do with the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. Um, In most cases, 
it's not what we don't know that holds us back. It's what we do know that's not true that holds Agreed. us back. Agreed. That's a good we, one. Yeah. We tell ourselves so <laughs> many things that are not true. That's mindset. Right. And so we need to become aware of what our mindset is if we ever want to have any hope of changing it, right? That's where the skill set is going to come in. Because for the most part, we're not taught to have... A, a forward-looking mindset. We're taught to look at our past hurts and our past traumas. And until we overcome those, we're going to continue to look in the past. So we need skills like critical thinking. And, and we want to think about stacking our skills so that there are multiple complementary skills that move us in the right direction. So we, we start at that macro level of life skills, like, as I said, critical thinking. Then we want to think about communication skills. Then we want to think about skills to build a life strategy. And then we get down to the level of goals. And then we get down to the level of daily activity. So those are all skills that can be learned. And then the last piece, the, the get off your asset part is we got to take action. Yeah. You know, we, we don't want to be so spiritually minded that we're no earthly good. We've got to put it into practice so that we're actually living life instead of just it's a nice philosophy, right? Well, the action step is a, is a difficult one. I mean, when you look at goals or aspirations, um, you know, I, I just had um, Marshall Goldsmith on here. And, you know, the world's most recognized coach to executives across the world. Um, and the new book is called The Earned Life. The interesting thing was, it's about a continuum from regret to fulfillment or fulfillers. And I think many of this, uh, many of the things that slow us down to take action are those regrets. Yeah. And as you know, you, you can't be, get attached to the way something turned out. And that's a Buddhist philosophy. It's something that he talks about in the book, which I was actually quite surprised. Um, and, and this whole concept of impermanence, um, you know, and so what I'm saying here is what Sally is saying is that, you know, this action step has to be incentivized or motivated by something you really deeply want to change in your life. Um, and you state that mindset is absolutely the most important of the MSGs and developing the right mindset is having the right attitude about what you're doing. I love the part about attitude um, and why we're doing it. Um, you state that further, most of us need a new skill set to have the right mindset. Um, speak with the audiences about skill set and with that will help them harness the power of the right mindset. Because you talked about these skills so obviously we're going to teach you these skills so you can make a shift in the mindset. Yeah. This is, so I've already touched on some of the skills, you know, the, the life skills about critical thinking, uh, about goal setting and, and overall strategy for life. And then uh, let's talk thought, about let's talk about that one, because critical okay. thinking skill has diminished over the years and it's been proven. Because of the fact that we're dependent on computers. Um, yeah. You know, we, we can go to Google, we can Google anything. We can pick up our phone and get, like you said, all the apps that we've got a yeah. zillion apps that do this and this and this. 
if you would, and I don't want to get so deep in the weeds here, but this is a big one. Um, critical thinking skills, you've started twice now with that as the first one. Um, yeah. So it must be extremely important. Yes. What do you define as a critical thinking skill and how do you get somebody to actually, um, uh, how do you want to uh, embrace it? Yeah. Use it. So uh, critical thinking starts with questioning, uh, you know, and, and I encourage people in a lot of questioning modalities. Um, but, you know, critical thinking is to question things, to have some discernment. So, you know, rather than have an opinion that's assigned to me because I belong to a certain group, I'm going to question that opinion. You know, do I really believe this because it's true to me or is it because somebody has told me that I should believe it? Um, You know, so it starts with those kinds of questions about um, why is something important to me? Uh, Is it important to go to law school because I really want to go to law school or is it because somebody told me I should go to law school? It's those kinds of things, right? That we want to question about everything that we believe we believe, if that makes sense. Well, I think it's the, you know, you ask people about what is the big T, the truth for them, for them. Yeah. Some people want to impose, and we've seen that on the internet, like crazy with social media whatever their truth is on somebody else's truth. And then people start uh, jumping on each other's truth. And then that really brings up a lot of emotion, right? And Mm -hmm. so critical thinking skills, I think if, if I was to kind of expand upon what you said for the listeners, really it's about, as Buddha said, I have this to teach to you, but question everything I give you because you, it has to be right for you. And that is really the individualistic side of this. We all have free will, right? So now it's really down to this decision and having an open mind to listen to both sides, reflect and open up a dialogue, which critical thinking skills now come into play because it gives me a way to assess something a little bit differently, you know, and maybe look at a different viewpoint and not be so stuck because somebody else wants to teach you something that might actually help you, you know? So I like that. Now you mentioned that the first principle to help build these is making it big. Um, When you talk about goals, make sure that they're big enough. What advice would you give the listeners to make sure that they're designing and building the right goals for their life? And then I'm going to pause and I'm going to say, look, this um, limbic brain of ours uh, has uh, this modus operandi kind of that's fight, flight, or freeze. It's built in. We're, we're still coming from that, even though this is 2022. Mm-hmm. Um the other side of it is, is that we still go to homeostasis, which is comfort. You know, we all want to just, hey, and when you give somebody these huge goals, which you're talking about, it gets to be very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. How do you help people deal with that default mechanism that says, hey, I'm going to homeostasis 
you asked me to lose 50 pounds and I got to get on the life cycle every day and I got to walk and I got to do whatever. And they're like, no effing way. I still want my burgers and my fries and whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. So lots of things there that we can approach. And the first thing is, you know, of course we want that big goal and we want to take it up a level. What is the life strategy that that goal is supporting? So we we want to put it at that level. So if I want to lose 50 pounds, why? Why do I want to lose 50 pounds? Because I want to have a life strategy of living a long, healthy, productive life. And that goal of losing 50 pounds supports the strategy. And then I break it down from there into my daily activities. So I think I think this, Sally, not to interrupt, and I apologize. You know, when people have a lot of weight to lose, Mm -hmm. um, it's been proven psychologically. And you understand this doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hiding behind that weight yes. because they don't either want to be in a relationship or right. they're they're they they had a trauma in a relationship, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And I'm sure you get coaching clients like this. This isn't yeah. the first for you. Um, what advice would you have? Because that's a really big one. You know, when you hang out there yeah. and you decide to hide. Um, because you don't want to be attractive to the opposite sex, no matter which sex you are. Mm-hmm. It's a big issue. It is. It's a yeah. huge issue. And and until we address that level, uh, the the things, the strategies, the goals, the daily activities are not going to work, right? And so we begin to question, what is that relationship that we have with food? What is the purpose it's serving? Because all of our apps, all of our mind apps were installed to help us and support us. And now with our grown up selves, they're not so helpful and supportive anymore, right? We don't need to eat for comfort. We can find other ways to comfort ourselves. We can find other ways to protect ourselves. We don't need to isolate and insulate ourselves with physical weight because we're grown up, we have other ways to protect ourselves. And so we get to that level of what is the purpose that this is serving? How can we meet that need in a different healthful way because if we just uh, remove the you know the the symptom without addressing the cause it's still going to show up it's it's like the dry drunk analogy right you know people stop drinking but they haven't addressed the reasons they were drinking and so nothing really changed and it's yeah, just- well those people that imbibe or yeah. uh, or do that yeah. Whether it's food or it's alcohol. Yeah. Let's let's face it. We have lots of things that bring comfort. We do. It's yeah. Sex, it's food, yeah. alcohol. Lives, uh, uh, streaming people, shows. People, people <laughs> that like to go out and just excessively jog. You know, you yeah. see people that get really yeah. addicted to that because of the yeah. endorphin release. Yeah. What, what would you advise people that are caught in that cycle? Yeah. Because the comfort that they have there is the comfort they want. They don't want to break it for the other comfort they could have because it seems so far away. It's a big goal. It's a really big goal. Yeah, 
it is a big goal. And we can, uh, to go back to the whole notion of break it down into daily activities, we, we start small because the only way to make lasting change is to incorporate it into something we're already doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's the whole process, whether it's with our thought process, whether it's with a physical activity, uh, we, we glom it on to something we're already doing. So well, that, yes. Uh, go ahead. Did you have more? Um, so that it's it's repeatable and it's something that we can easily and readily and willingly do every day. So if I'm working on uh, comforting, you know, uh, in ways other than eating or binge watching TV or whatever it is that I do, then I'm going to reinforce those thoughts with Every time I brush my hair, I think about it. Every time I brush my teeth, I think about it. And I'm also going to use interventions like EFT and NLP that can really get to that subconscious level. Yeah, it's interesting. You know this, but um, when I go out on the streets and I interview people that are homeless and you look at what's going on in their minds and how they got there, because that's the question I ask is, you know, how did you get here? The circumstances range. But the willingness to uh, do exactly what you're talking about here, set a goal and get themselves out of it, they seem to be very caught. You know, it's caught. It's tough. Um, And and so this is needed by everybody um, because I will tell you, some of those people out there I've interviewed um, weren't much different than you and I. They just had a set of unfortunate circumstances. That, that got them there. Um, and frequently they're not blaming somebody else. They do blame themselves. And we're, we're 100% responsible for all of our own actions, whatever happens. Yeah. So in your section here about get off of your asset section, yeah. this is a perfect timing for this question. You speak about fear. And fear is a big one as a factor that stops most people from moving forward, from developing the right mindset, learning the right skill set and designing their goals. What advice can you give about overcoming the fear that holds them back? And I'm going to add, there's two fears here. Fear, usually, you know, everybody in my show has heard this, false expectation appearing real. The other side of it is fear of success. Yeah. The one side is fear of failure. Yeah. Right. And overall, Fear is probably the biggest stressor in everybody. So what happens inside your body as a result of anxiety attacks or whatever creates this vicious cycle. How do you break it? Yeah. So you're right. Fear it can be multifaceted. And I think the big ones are fear of failure. And as you said, fear of success, you know, golly, if I'm responsible for my own success, What does that say about me if I'm not as successful as I thought I wanted to be or should be? You know, those Mm -hmm. kinds of fears that we've faced. And and so it's it's that uh, questioning to get to the root cause of what's the fear? Is it is it a fear that I'm not worthy? Is it a fear that somebody told me I don't deserve it? You know, what is the source of the fear? And we can use things like EFT and NLP to get to that. And we can actually resolve it with some of those techniques. Yeah, it's sidebar question here for you, Sally. You know, we've mm-hmm. just come through 
And, you know, you you talk about Florida, one of those states that didn't have all this masking, but we had COVID here, right? Let's say the last two years. Sure. Probably the biggest fear induced worldwide by anything, this pandemic, right? And we saw so much divisiveness, Mm -hmm. you know, California, Texas, Florida, you name it, the states, they all had different things they were doing and, and people were up and around wearing your, you know, wearing your mask on a plane. And I, I still hear it today. And if, if you were to take it on that massive of a scale, right? What comment might you have about what we just came through and how people could better deal with it and be more civil with one another? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, wow, a lot there. And uh, I I think it has to do with, you know, and I I won't comment on, you know, what forces I think were fomenting that fear and divisiveness. I I think clearly we've all suffered a collective trauma, PTSD for a lot of people. I mean, you see it and you hear it in the statistics. Um, I I think understanding and and when this thing first started a couple of years ago, I was offering a special um, coaching, mini coaching bundle for people to just kind of help them get through it complimentary because I felt there was such a need. I think one important thing to think about fear is most fear is not real. And I'm not discounting that there are real things out there in the world to be afraid of. The world is a scary place. And for most of us, our fears are not real. They're shadow fears. And so a couple of things about that. I'm reminded of words from one of the Psalms, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death important word there is shadow. It's not real. And if you remember, you know, the, the, the run on toilet paper, was there really a toilet paper shortage or were people just, you know, it was like, that was something concrete that we could do to assuage our fear. Uh, when we had this greater fear that we weren't, we didn't want to think about. And so the fear is my security as a person, my knowledge of who I am as an individual. And I think when you're secure in that knowledge, then you shine that full light of knowledge on the fear and all those shadow fears disappear. Because what is shadow? It's when there's an object that comes between the light and, and it casts the shadow. But when you shine the light of knowledge on it, the shadow goes away. So that's kind of a philosophical answer to the whole notion of fear. Yeah, the darkness serves the light. Yes. Yeah. But I, I see that, you know, one of the things from a spiritual standpoint, last time I checked, none of us getting out of here alive. Yeah. Um, at least last mm-hmm. time I checked. Yeah. Um, the questioning is one's finitude, meaning... You know, how long am I going to be here? I think the biggest fear that probably most people still have is that fear of death. Um, It's a deep interpersonal connection with some higher power, something that they've got to get spiritually to make a connection before they know when they do pass uh, to whatever astral plane they're going to or wherever they're going, um, that they feel more comfort, you know, because everybody connotates it with pain, you know, 
I've done a lot of interviews with doctors that have been on here with, you know, all kinds of speaking about afterlife experiences or near-death experiences and all this kind of thing. And this wasn't part of this show, but it's a question for somebody like you who's quite spiritual. Um, If that is one's biggest fear um, and they have no belief around that, how do you help guide them through it? Mm-hmm. Just matter of factly, you know, I I believe the my understanding, and it's very limited of cutting edge physics, is that everything is energy. Uh, energy influences energy, right? And so our energy may change form, it may change frequency, but our energy continues. And so from a scientific point of view, I think there is continuation. There's there's never, at least my understanding is uh, the sum total of mass and energy is neither created nor destroyed. And now we know everything is energy, right? So energy exists as far as we know. And so people, even if they don't want to put a spiritual connotation onto that, uh, I think it's clear that their energy is going to continue in one form or another. Well, you, uh, not that you have to comment on this one way or the other, but do you have a belief in reincarnation that people are going to take that energy and it comes back? Or do you believe that the energy dissipates someplace else? I, I uh, believe <laughs> that certainly it, reincarnation is a possibility okay i don't know what form the energy is going to take after it leaves this particular form right well, that's good there's i mean you know i didn't mean to stump you but it just yeah. is what it is yeah i yeah. used to hate the quality of life is determined by the quality of the questions we're asking willing to ask in yeah. starting the process to reboot your thinking with msg what are some of the questions that our listeners should ask themselves to make sure that they're on the right way to live the life that they want to and one that makes them come alive. Yeah. So we've already kind of touched on some of those questions. They're fabulous questions as we've discussed here. Uh, one of the first questions I would encourage people to ask is, why is something important to you? Uh, it, and we asked a similar question earlier. Is it important because you deem it to be worthy of you or is it because somebody told you it should be important to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that would go with, you know, all of your choices in life. Uh, what kind of car do you drive? What kind of clothes do you wear? Or what kind of career do you pursue? All of those things that we ask, is it truly important to me or is it because somebody told me it should be? So that's the first question to ask. And, and then the, another question that I love, and I probably this is my favorite, is, who are you when you're not doing what you do? We all get so busy fulfilling all these roles. We're busy being a child, a spouse, a parent, a partner, a, you know, all these things in life. Who are you when you're not doing that? Uh, good you, question. Yeah. When you can peel away all those layers and get to that core essence of who you are, that's the question to answer. Great questions. Great questions. Um, you state that the most important thing someone can do to maintain this right mindset is develop the right skill set to get off of the use your asset by taking the right action to put the right support structures in place. Uh, you say every great athlete, every great achiever has a coach, a mentor. Share with our listeners what the right coach should be and what are the right ingredients 
that separates an ordinary coach from the extraordinary coach? So the choice of a coach is so personal and important. You know, it sounds like an infomercial, and, and yet it is. And it, uh, it, I think there are some guidelines that we can use. You know, um, is the coach able to offer a customized approach for the person and what they're trying to accomplish? Uh, or is it just, a, you know, pull the box off the shelf and here you go, here's your coaching program. And and those kinds of things are not necessarily reflected in the price of what you're paying. I've paid for some high level coaching program and didn't feel really enlightened by it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are some programs that are perhaps less expensive and they are much more effective. So uh, it, you can't always judge by the price. Uh, and it really is going to be a personal relationship that you have with the coach. So, you know, bottom line, do you feel comfortable with that person? Because you may be sharing some very important, intimate details of your life. Well, that coach is asking questions and yes. eliciting responses for you to get to think about. And it's the yes. sum total of that. And, you know, the the reality in the end is, you know, we still are in this skin. Last time I checked. Yep. Um, and, you know, the guru is in the mirror. Yep. Um, you know, what's staring, what you're staring at yourself in the mirror is the person that's got to make the decisions. The coach doesn't make the decisions for you, maybe influences them or influences them by re- asking you critical questions about what you're doing. Um, but in the end, you're the one that's going to make the decision to pull the trigger or do whatever you're going to leave your job, leave your wife, uh, take a trip around the world, uh, do whatever that it is that you want to do to fulfill whatever strong drive is you have with inside of yourself. And that's, that's really the reality. And I think you'd agree with that. So coaches are really, they're not on the sidelines, but they are on the sidelines in the sense that they're telling you, here's the play you might want to try. You mm-hmm. go try the play and you make it a little further down toward the goal, right? Yes. Uh, and you go, wow, that was a good play that they gave me. I really like that. And then you keep coming back for more. And that's what a good coach should do. And you should be ultimately able to kind of uh, manage that on your own if you become a good critical thinker. Um, Sally, if you were to leave the listeners with three takeaways from our interview, and something that could apply to their life and careers, what advice would you give them? What takeaways would you like to tell them from the reboot process, the MSG mindset, and all the things we've talked about? Yeah. So really a summary of what we've already touched on. First thing is, it's not what you don't know that holds you back. It's what you do know that's not true that holds you back. And so as you begin to think critically about things, start to identify those things that you're telling yourself that are not true. And then the next part, and it's kind of a, a natural progression from there is, guess what? The things you've been telling yourself are your choice. You can choose what you tell yourself. And then the corollary to that, the third point would be, we can reframe 
our circumstances. And that doesn't mean we're lying to ourselves. It just means that we're choosing an alternate interpretation that has more utility. And so as you choose the stories you tell yourself about yourself, reframe so that the story you're telling yourself has more utility and is going to move you in the direction that you choose. Well, I think that's a great summary of what we've talked about. And Sally, I'm going to direct my listeners to go to your website. It's intentionallifecoaching.net, N-E-T. There you can tune into High Frequency Mindset Podcast. You can also just type that High Frequency Mindset Podcast into your favorite uh, channel that you listen to it on, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or wherever, and you'll be able to get her podcast because it appears on all those. Um, Sally, pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and taking a little bit of time to talk about truly some life-changing and life-altering elements that people could implement into their life, and along with a life coach, make some major strides toward new, as you call them, big goals, Uh, And then not be afraid to actually take those steps um, to reduce the fear as a result of it, because you're making progress, as I just said. And I can see how you would be an excellent coach for anybody out there. So I fully endorse you calling up, speaking with Sally, sending her an email, getting in touch with her at our website. You can do it through our website. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for being on Inside Personal Growth, Sally. Thanks for spending the time. Namaste to you. Namaste. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.